Well, good morning and happy Easter. He is risen. Come on. I know you all didn't say it, so let's try it. I'll say he is risen, and you will say he is risen indeed. He is risen. Good job. Hey, this morning as we start off, I want to encourage you with a couple promises from God. Things that he told his people in the word, in the Bible, that we can, we can take hold of and we can own ourselves. Jeremiah 29, 11, God says, for I know the plans I have for you. They are plans for good and not for disaster, to give you a future and a hope. This is God's plan. This is God's master plan. And in his plan, we are part of the story. You are part of the story. Probably the most famous verse in the Bible, the one we see throughout all sporting events and and in any um, situation where there's a large crowd is John 3.16. It says, for this is how God loved the world. He gave his one and his only son so that everyone who believed in him will not perish but have eternal life. This is the promise of God that because of Jesus, because we're celebrating today with Easter, that we can have eternal life because Jesus has risen from the grave. I want to ask you, have you ever watched home movies with your family? Have you ever sat down and for us, we, we always pull out the little little film rolls and we get the projector out and we darken the house and we always have such a good time looking at the home movies and looking at the stories of our life growing up. And it's always for a, a good for a, for a laugh. And we've kind of carried that tradition on with our kids. And we have videos of them when they were little kids. But the question I want to ask you, have you ever been subject to somebody else's home movies? I remember one time when I was in high school, I had this girlfriend. And I went to her house and her dad popped in a VHS tape into the, the VCR player and said, hey, let's watch a home movie. And, and I put on a smile and thought, okay, let's do this. And it was a home movie of their family that was back in the Midwest. Now, I grew up in California, so this is Southern California. It was a home movie of their family having Thanksgiving dinner. And it lasted about 45 minutes. And what they literally did is they set up that giant camcorder on a tripod, pointed it at the Thanksgiving table, sat down, and ate dinner. And for 45 minutes, you heard little murmurs and little chatters of this family eating. It was the most boring, painful thing that I had to go through. The only part that was good is I, I got to slip in about a 15-minute nap during it, so, so I got a little bit of rest. But I did was not interested in watching it. I was not interested in anything that had to do with that video because I wasn't part of the story. And I wonder sometimes when we think about God and the Bible and Easter and Jesus, if for some of us, we don't get it because we're not part of the story. And what I want to talk about this morning is that you actually are part of the story. The, the whole purpose of Easter, why we are celebrating today is for mankind. It's for humans. It's for people. It's because God loves us so much that he sent Jesus to die for us, and to not just die, but defeat death and walk out of the grave. You are part of the story. 
Today being Easter Sunday leads us to, to revisit the most important, the most famous story in all of history. It's the story of Jesus' victory over death and grave and his sacrifice of dying on the cross for our sins. Just like John 3.16 said that Jesus died for everyone, and that includes you and me, so we can have eternal life with the Father. And this makes me and you part of the story, like I said. But to understand what part of the story we're in, we probably need to understand the story. We, we need to understand maybe God's big picture, God's master plan for the world. And, and the truth is, is that God has a master plan. And this may seem like a foolish comment for me to say. And many would say, of course, God has a plan. He's God. But many in our world would say, nope, the world is in despair. The world is spiraling out of control. And how can you say that there is a God because of the hate and because of the crime and because of destruction, because of COVID-19? There is not really seems to be much hope. But the Bible tells a different story. And the overarching story of the Bible is the story of, of God creating. And in the beginning, God created. He created heavens and the, and the earth. He created land. He created air. He created the, the seas and the animals. And he created humans. And he said his creation was very good. And then as you read on in the Bible, we see God, how he deals with people throughout history. And in that, we see God interjecting into people's lives. We see God God moving in people's lives. We see God God doing things, and we see how people move throughout history. And then the, the end of the Bible is this vision of this new earth and God being the king. And it, it's an exciting thing, and, it, and it, for us, it's part of the story that is, is, should be most exciting for us because it shows that God has not abandoned his creation. God has not abandoned the earth that he created and the people that he created to love. And so his master plan is that he will everything will be restored back to that that pre-sin creation. You know, many times in the Bible there's a reference or it talks about the glory of God, and it's God's master plan that his glory once again will fill the earth. In Numbers 14, here's how God clearly expresses his intentions for the earth. He says this in Numbers 14:21, but as surely as I live and as surely it, as all the earth is filled with the Lord's glory. Here he's talking to Moses and he's telling him, hey, as, as, as true as I'm the living God, that one day the entire earth will be filled with my glory. And then Habakkuk, the prophet Habakkuk, prophet Habakkuk adds this in, in, in detail of, in description of God's glory. He says, for as the water fills the sea, the earth will be filled with the awareness of the glory of God. Now, now picture that. God's glory will fill the earth in the same way that water fills the sea. Here's how, I, here's how I see that. If I go to the sea, there's no part of the sea where there's not water. If I'm in the sea, if, I, if I'm looking at the sea, it's water. There's no segment of the sea that doesn't contain water. And God's saying that one day, every part of the earth, there's no segment of the earth Every nook and crowny and corner and rock and, and hill and valley is going to contain his glory. God's master plan is that his glory will fill the entire earth. And this is good news for you and me. And so I ask the question, what does God's master plan mean? And maybe, maybe the better question is, what does it mean for God's glory to fill the earth? 
If you remember in, in the book of Exodus, Moses is, is the instrument God uses, the person God uses to go in and free God's people from the enslavement of the Egyptians. And, and Moses takes the, God's people into the wilderness where they are headed towards the promised land. And in chapter 33, there's this conversation that happens between God and Moses. And, and Moses is asking God, God, make sure you go with us. Would you, would you please, if you're our God, and if you're taking us to the promised land, please go with us, go before us. And in verse 18, Moses asked God, God, will you show us would you show me your glorious presence? And God does that. And, and if you read the rest of chapter 33, God explains how he's going to pass by Moses and Moses is going to stand on this, in this rock and God's going to cover Moses with his hand because no one can see the face of God. But then as he passes by, he's going to lift his hand so Moses could see the, the back of God as he passes by. And when we move on into chapter 34, here's what we see happens with God's glory as, as Moses sees it. Um, verse 6 of chapter 34, it says, The Lord passes in front of Moses, calling out, this is God calling out, Yahweh, the Lord, the God of compassion and mercy, I am slow to anger and filled with unfailing love and faithfulness. Did you get that? God's glory is compassion. God's glory is mercy. God's glory is unfailing love. God's glory is faithfulness. This is God's master plan, that all the hurting, all the oppression, all the hate, all the turmoil is done away with. And the entire world, every, every ounce of it is filled with his glory, his compassion, his love, his mercy, his faithfulness. Now, I'm not sure that I could even begin to understand what our world would look like, void of sin, void of pain, void of suffering, void of sickness, void of division. But this is God's master plan for, for our world. So what does this mean for all people? What do people have to do with God's plan? And the, the answer is everything. People are the essential part of God's plan. People are the vehicle to take God's glory into the world. God will fill the earth with his glory, and it's the people, it's God's people that will reveal the character of God's glory, of all creation, of how beautiful the mountains are. I, at one time, I traveled into northern Quebec, Canada, and for me, I, I remember as we were passing through the mountain range, I made, I, I might have said it out loud, but I know in my head I said, this is the most beautiful spot that I have ever seen in my life. It, it, was, it was phenomenal, just the, how green everything was, the peaks of the mountain as we wound through, heading to this little town where I was going to be doing some work. And as beautiful as that is, mountains and cannot fully reveal the character of God. It's up to God's people to reveal his character. And so, so for God's plan, He's using his people to reveal his character, to bring the compassion, to bring the love, to bring the faithfulness, and to bring the mercy to a world that so desperately needs it. And for us, what that means is if we're going to be part of the story is that we have to first receive his love, and therefore, then we can give it out to others. So people are the key to the master plan of God's glory being revealed in our world. 
So when I think of God's master plan, when I think about that God, that people are involved in God's plan, the question I have to ask myself, and what and what I want you to ask is, what does this mean for me? What what does all this mean to me? And, and it's the same answer as as before. It means everything to you and to me. We are the ones that first God wants to pour out His love, His compassion, and His faithfulness too. John 3.16 is an invitation into this. And today, Easter Sunday, is where it all began. Each person, each person individually, needs to receive God's glory. And this means that I have to choose to accept the invitation to a relationship with God. Because I am a person that has had sin in my life, that has sin in my life, that is, is, lives in the world full of sin. I don't have the ability to be perfect and approach God face to face. Jesus is the reason. Jesus is the covering that makes a way for me to be able to enter into that relationship with God. And so I want want to ask you this question. Have you made the choice? Have you said yes to the invitation to a relationship with God? Have you recognized that because of the world we live in, because of the sin of this world and the sin that's in you, to say yes to this invitation that Jesus offers because of the work he did on the cross. And I just want to want you to just pause and, and answer that question. Have you said yes? And if you're watching this right now and you have not said yes, what an opportunity time, opportune time for you to say yes to Jesus. What a great day to say yes as we celebrate the risen Savior. And saying yes, here's what it means. It means that you recognize that you are separated and you don't have a relationship with your creator, God. It means that you recognize that that there's sin that created that separation. But most importantly, what it means is that you recognize that Jesus is the way to a relationship with the Father. Jesus is the way to eternal life. And God loved you so much that he sent Jesus to repair what sin tore apart. And so here's what I want you to do. If you, if you want to say yes to this relationship with Jesus, I want you to bow your head and, and pray this prayer with me. And, and I want to encourage you that the words of the prayer don't mean as much as the condition of your heart, the, the sincerity of your heart and the willingness to submit your life to, to the Father. And so, so here's what I have you pray. I'd have you close your eyes and say, God, I recognize that I don't have a relationship with you but I want a relationship with you. And I recognize that because because of sin, I've, I've been separated from you. But most importantly, God, I recognize that Jesus died on the cross to, to restore that relationship that sin stole from me. And because of Jesus dying on the cross and raising and walking out of the tomb, I have the, the pathway to have a relationship with you. And so right now, God, I invite you into my life. I invite you to be my father, to be my savior, to be my Lord. And I submit my life to you. Amen. The prayer is simple. The heart condition is what's important. If you just prayed that prayer, would you be willing right now to just quickly, just in our comments, just say, I prayed the prayer. And here's what we will do for you. We will, we will get in touch with you. We don't 
think that you should live this life out by yourself. We want to be in a relationship with you. We want to encourage you. We want to answer any questions you might have. We want to walk with you as you walk with your new life in relationship with God. Now, for those of you who said yes, maybe you said yes last Easter. Maybe you said yes 20 Easter's ago. Here's the challenge I have for you. Are you taking God's glory to the people in your world? Are you carrying God's compassion, God's mercy, God's faithfulness, God's love to those that you come into contact with? And if you're not, I want to challenge you that you make a commitment to be a carrier of God's glory. Would you would you be willing to say that from here on out, from this Easter 2020, I am going to to show God's character to the people that I come into contact with. And, and here's, here's how we do that. We don't do that just by saying we're going to do it. We do that by spending time with the Father, by letting God's character fill us. And He does that through His Holy Spirit. He does that as we spend time with Him, and as we worship Him, and as we read His Word and get to know Him, as we spend time talking with Him and, and speaking to Him and letting Him speak to us, His character will then become our character. And that's what we're called to do as followers of Jesus, as his people. We're called to carry his character. And so I want to challenge you that you would make a commitment that, that from here on out, you would be a person bringing compassion, mercy, and love to our world. Hey guys, happy Easter. What a great day to celebrate. What a great day to spend some time with the family. I encourage you just to take today to relax, enjoy the time with your family, enjoy the remembering and the celebration of Jesus' victory over the grave and walking out of that tomb so that we can have life and have life more abundantly. He is risen. He is risen indeed.